0: Cash Color Cannabis, a higher level of conversation on Live Hip Hop Daily TV. I finally got my guest in the building. My man Franz Carranza. Franz, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. On yourself? I'm doing well, man. Did I say your last name correctly? Yeah, that's good. I was I was kind of practicing that, like the like which one. Make sure I'm saying that right, man. But I had a chance to meet you a little while ago. and I'm gonna shout out to my good friend Tay, who is not here tonight, but uh, I, I met you at an event. Um, that was recent, That was down the street, and I was enamored by your story the minute you started telling me it. I mean, you had me, you had me, you had me drew, drawn in right when you said Georgia Tech, because I was like, Georgia Tech is doing what? Yeah, that usually does not <laughs> Georgia Tech was doing what, but uh, aerosol is your company, and I do want to speak to you i want to I brought you on the air to speak to you about that um, georgia tech 's connections and and what you 're learning as far as um, between your own personal health and customers what you 're learning about making the best products so let 's get to the first let 's get to the to the first question man who are you
1: um, Well, my name is Franz kranza at this point i 'm a fourth year at georgia Tech. Uh, I am an uh, undergrad still. I'm studying chemical and biomolecular engineering, and I'm biotech option. So I basically learn about chemistry and how to produce different Final products through different chemical reactions and how to make that very large scale and profitable for large corporations. And my biotech option means that instead of doing that for oil, um, I'm going to do that with something biology based. And for me, it just happens to be cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: when you when you first got to Georgia Tech, did you know you was going to use you was going to turn your work to cannabis? Like, was that a first thought of life? I,
1: I was. I wanted to be a biomedical engineer and work on uh, sensory feedback to amputees, like through prosthetics. Because um, my mom... W- Jesus, how yeah. did your mind work?
0: Like, like you <laughs> even, even say something like that out loud? You know what I mean? Like, but go ahead. <laughs> I,
1: it was kind of a... Uh, so the reason I wanted to do that was because my mother, she almost lost both of her legs in a car accident when we first moved to the country. Yeah. And uh, seeing her struggle and the doctor say she was going to be an amputee and then her saying no and then fighting to regain the use of her legs, like, as a single parent, I was like, wow, if you weren't that strong or if you had any worse injuries how would you have supported me just coming to a new country? You know? yeah, yeah. So I really wanted to work on... I've always liked the idea of making stuff super affordable, and I always kind of wanted to work in some sort of healthcare field. Mm. So that's kind of where the BME stemmed from. But then, um, strangely enough, I changed to chemical engineering because BME just felt... Not felt too broad. It felt like the only way you could do anything you, is like you had to become a doc, have a doctorate in it yeah. to like make any good money. So I switched to chemical engineering because I thought it was more chemistry based and I could still potentially work for a company that did prosthetics but in a different capacity. Um, and then uh, I was just trying to find an internship or anything to do and I was volunteering at this uh, bike co op on uh, Georgia Tech called Starter Bikes. And then these two individuals who later on became uh, – one of them became my uh, PI for my research. Um, no, sorry. Uh, Dr. Kubanic was the head researcher, but I worked really closely with Dr. Serge, who I met at that bike place. Um, he – basically, he's an analytical chemist, and he was working with a red algae at Georgia Tech just identifying – any chemicals found in it that could be used for medicines, uh, or any bioactive compounds. So um, he took me on as one of his undergrad uh, researchers. Um, I basically sat in front of a machine uh, called a high, uh, HPLC machine, or a high-pressure liquid chromatography machine. Yeah. And it's just fancy for applying pressure and different liquids to separate stuff out. Um, so I, we took parts of the algae, put it through this machine. I caught stuff. We took that to a lab downstairs, Serge did his magic, and then they told me I discovered two new bioactive compounds, and they wanted me to be part of this research paper. <laughs> so, right? So it was this, that was like from like, you know, first year to like, that was, you know, second year, like first semester, like, oh, you got a paper published. I was like, oh, or you're in a paper. So that was cool. And then um, during the same time period, I was uh, attending an extra class that I wasn't signed up for, but just to... Be a better student, and uh, I don't make, no no. I, I think they laugh back.
0: Be a better student. <laughs> I just it's, it's,
1: the dichotomy is funny because of how little I study now. <laughs> but um, so I was I met this professor called Pete Ludavis. He eventually uh, notified me he was doing a cannabis research group. Yeah, and uh, I told him about the previous work I did, and at the time I was trying to get an internship with his other company, um, and that fell through uh, concerning CBD and cannabis and. Uh, he just he needed an analytical chemist to work on CBD stuff. He just wanted a group of chemical engineers to start talking about CBD and cannabis and see what the options were. And I guess my whole role was initially to just work up a theoretical reaction scheme to convert THC to CBD and vice versa. Um, and after that, uh, I started understanding more about CO2 extractions and supercritical fluids. Um, and then there was another guy on the team working on modeling the CB1 and CB2 protein receptor, like in your endocannabinoid system on a computer. Yeah. So I started learning about well, how THC. I always smoked weed since I was like 12.
0: Yo, Y'all should see my face right now. <laughs> I'm fascinated right now. Like, damn, like all this is going into, and this is at Georgia Tech. This is happening at Georgia Tech in real time right now.
1: Um, so the initial research with Pete Lutovitz started about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, I, assume, he, I assume he's still currently doing cannabis work. He's, mm-hmm. he's a really, really very, very, very smart individual. Um, the last time that I formally worked with him was, I think, a semester and a half ago or a semester ago. We had a, he basically allowed me to analyze one of our extracts um, as a standard in one of his reports, to basically see how pure different samples of extracts of CBD are out there on the market. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty cool that I, through that process, I got him to test some of our, you know, extracts and then get one of my classmates I actually write a research report about it
0: <laughs> when we say test do you mean like actually use or like what, do, what?
1: so um, they because uh,
0: i'm trying to picture a professor dabbing at georgia tech no you know, so,
1: at, the, at this moment um i mean tests like uh taking the, like the co2 extract or yeah. the wax or the distillate or whatever you want to call it um and then <laughs> mixing that with alcohol or a different solvent and then putting it in a mass spectroscopy machine or a mass spec uh, which basically allows you to analyze what's in it, and then that tells you the purity contents after you do all the mm. analytical techniques. Mm. Um, so it basically just showed me that my stuff was pretty clean. That's what I'm saying. Happy. So you're the, you're, the,
0: you're the clean plug. So <laughs> yeah. you, you're the guy to tell you whether or not your stuff is actually pure or not. That's what's up.
1: I mean, at least I know where. I don't know about if I can tell if your stuff is, but yeah. I, I know where my stuff comes from. And I like I fly out there and I meet a very good geneticist and I work with him specifically because I know he genuinely cares about what he's doing beyond the money. And that's why I love him so much, and he's awesome.
0: That's solid, man. So I, I was going to get into, um, you briefly mentioned that you have been smoking yourself for a long time. I was going to ask, so you have prior to your, your, yeah, your research. Yeah, before my re- so, um, <laughs> you, you, you actually have tried the the product. Yeah,
1: so uh, I've actually, um, the first time I smoked, Cannabis, like high THC cannabis, I was about 12 years old. Um, at By that time, I'd already been using Ritalin and Concerta, like prescribed, for about six years. And are, but
0: you're not from Georgia, are you?
1: Um, so I was born in Miami. We went back to El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Then we came to, I forget, somewhere in Georgia – um we got into a car accident when i was like two or three i was sent back home to el salvador and then i know i started like elementary and like middle school for sure in gwinnett county Mm. but like before that like it was before second grade it was pretty much a lot of places
0: okay so but so you was able to smoke high quality weed though and some wherever you was at
1: not really i mean so i had uh some i have a step brother and he introduced cannabis to me and i'm Never thought I'd be so thankful for that, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I definitely looked at it like it's the devil's lettuce, you know, going to church yeah. and, like, caring about weed. The <laughs> devil's but, lettuce. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the, after the first time I used it, I kind of just wanted to fit in with my brother and his friends. But then I realized that I felt better than when I was taking the medicine that the doctor was prescribing me for my ADHD. Mm. Um, I felt clear-minded. I felt not the same anxiety. Um, I didn't feel the same dissociative effects as when you're on amphetamines. And, like, at the age of 12, I wasn't able to articulate that. But I could definitely feel, hey, I like this. So, like, <laughs> I, I, I kept on smoking I cannabis. And I feel like I did it relatively responsibly. I went yeah. to a good high school. I got to a good college.
0: Clearly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, 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 a, you're a thumbs up for stoners.
1: Yeah. I hope so.
0: <laughs> yeah. You definitely are that. So that's what's up. So you, you've, been, you've been consuming fairly early in your life. And by the time you – well, now you're in Georgia Tech, you learn a whole lot more, obviously, about THC. and Yeah, and,
1: um, and there's a lot of – there's uh, hundreds of cannabinoids that we know of, and there's hundreds of other theoretical ones that we haven't even discovered. But with, like, more crossbreeding of plants, hopefully we'll get to. Um, so uh, THC and CBD are just amazing. Like, they're amazing. <laughs> they're just flat out, like, the easiest ones to talk about, but they're amazing. Yeah. I don't know if you want me to start – <laughs> I love that.
0: Actually, I was going to ask, and we love to. We're going to get you on a tangent about that in, in a minute. But I was going to ask about, you know, again doing the stuff at Georgia Tech. Was it? Was it initially when 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 the research started and 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 the work started? Was Georgia Tech kind of open arms with it, or were they kind of stand off? Like, is like so something that the happens way the that basement. we
1: have this research classified? You can Google it right now. Um, is plant alkaloid isomerization. Word. So it's it's fancy for plant molecule stuff. Um, and, so it's
0: not said cannabis research. No it's, uh, no, it's it's
1: it's it's definitely dressed up a bit. But okay. I feel like most <laughs> institutions of that magnitude, hey, yeah, yeah, you know, are going to be dressed up. To the the highest scientific degree. But um, at the end of the day, it was just basically a a research group where we sat and we tried to figure out different ways of being the most efficient. Because we're chemical engineers. So Mm -hmm. our whole thing is figuring out how to extract stuff or figuring out how to use different reaction schemes to produce stuff and then bringing that to market as efficiently and as cheap as possible. So... The Pete's personal reason why he wanted to do this is because he's a diver. Um, he actually just got his like master's patty certification, but he suffers from seasickness, and he was taking a bunch of—I uh, don't think it was Dramamine. It was some other seasickness pill. And he's like, I wonder if I can use CBD as a substitute for my seasickness, and that's why how he initially started the group.
0: I like and, people who think like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was so it was basically like again we wanted to figure out. First thing, can we synthesize this? Is it a smart thing to synthesize? Mm. No, it's not. There's too many, there's too many race mixtures. There's just there's too much side reactions. There's just too much, to, too much other stuff. Then the next thing was can we convert CBD to THC and THC to CBD? Yeah, we can. Is it efficient enough to where it's profitable? No, it's not. Um, and then so the next thing is okay, cool. So that means that we should take the plant material and extract from it. What's really efficient ways of doing... Well, everyone's done alcohol extractions, Rick Simpson oils. People are messing around with butane and propane, but why are people doing butane and propane extractions? That's dirty. That's gross. Mm -hmm. So then my professor thought about supercritical CO2 extractions. And then from that, one of the uh, two other individuals in that research group were tasked with simulating how CO2 in in a supercritical state would interact with cannabinoids and see if that was a, a viable way of extracting. And it... I love it. I think it's great. I think it's one of the better ways. It's one of the purest ways. Um, you get one of the definitely a lower yield, mm-hmm. but my whole thing is reusing and uh, reducing the amount of waste that we produce while making affordable products for people. So yeah. with CO2 extraction, it definitely lends itself to be able, being able to use that waste material yeah. for something else. So what I want to do is make like particle board or paper. Or something else with plant material that I already extracted using carbon dioxide, which is a really clean method.
0: That's what's up. So you plan on using a total thing. Like, it's is, oh, yeah. not going to be anything to- thrown away. Uh,
1: I mean, I literally, I still have buckets of hemp and vegetable glycerin from, like, <laughs> a yep. year and a half ago um, that we have people now who are making facial scrubs. For um, that, are using that hemp plant material that still has CBD in it for soaps and body washes and a lot of other things.
0: Yo, that is so amazing. And and again, what blew my mind when I first met you that night was when you was telling me all this was happening in Georgia Tech. And I was like, you know, that's so crazy because really, that's more incentive I would feel for Georgia to want to push more for him. You know, for sure. You would think that would be it. Like, you know, like we're really young. We we
1: have some of the smartest minds, some of definitely the most capable chemists and scientists and material. Engineers at Georgia Tech, and I would love for them to get more on board on trying to just figure out how to make thermoplastics and textiles and different. Out of him, yeah, out of him. Create all there's just the the textile, the current textile industry that's mainly sustained by I don't want to say mainly, but the majority of the textiles that we use is cotton. And the ways that we currently cultivate cotton are very draining and depleting of the nutrients in the soil. Yeah. And it- we could just oust that with using hemp fibers, you know? Like, it's just, like, little things Or like, why are we cutting down trees when we can grow hemp?
0: Boom. For paper. Boom. It
1: grows, like, Boom. way faster. Boom. And um, there's just, there's a bunch of different things that if you just look at and you look at the technology that hemp can provide and the little amount of resources needed to grow hemp that you don't need for medicine, but you need for constructing stuff. It's just, like, why are we wasting all of our energy and everything else? Mm. <laughs> well, it's like it's almost like a logical flaw that the world is just blind to right now.
0: Well, the way you're moving, you're going to be able to at least you're gonna you're gonna help cure one of those things. I, I hope I, so. I can already see it, bro. At least right? if it.
1: if I can't do it directly, I yeah. want to definitely start someone else in the right direction or be a yeah. part of something moving in that direction.
0: Good. Let's talk about Therosol. So, the Therisol, um speak to us about some of the products you already have rolled out. Like, I know I I, I was reading some of the um some of the reviews, and I've I read one about the pet some of the stuff you have for pets, and I was like, man, that's gushing. You know what, yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, uh, talk, the beauty about
1: like so our main product line yeah. is uh the first one we came up with was with uh, CBE coconut. Rice uh, oil that we would use to make Rice Krispies. It was just the easiest, fastest, simplest extraction method we could do, and it just it made product the quickest. So we have our CBD Rice Krispies, which I love. Um, in terms sugar, obviously, is not good for inflammation, but in terms of someone who suffers from anxiety and may need a nostalgic, like childhood. You know, food and eat some CBD that also reduces that anxiety. That CBD Rice Krispie is definitely a good option, and I think it's delicious. (laughs) Then uh, the next thing we made was our our tincture, which is basically an alcohol extract on the plant material. Um, And what we our alcohol (coughs) we use is vegetable glycerin. (laughs) Um, So I basically just take vegetable glycerin and put it in contact with hemp for about three to five months. Mm -hmm. Put specific pressure and temperature gradients on it. Then I filter out the hemp plant material, and then I literally bottle that liquid, and I sell it. Um, it's straight from the plant. My whole thing is get as close to the source with those with little steps in between to mm. reduce contamination risks mm. and just keep it as intact as it is from the plant yeah. as possible. Um, we also have a CBD chapstick, which CBD is uh, also a natural antimicrobial and antibacterial, so it'll help with like bumps and acne. Or if you have cold sores, it's really, really good for reducing those, and it's really good at just keeping your lips moist. Um, I have a a salve, which is basically CBD coconut oil, shea butter, beeswax, vitamin E oil, peppermint, a little bit of arnica and uh, a a little special terpene that helps the pain. And um, that is great, obviously, for your joints. It's great for burns. We have individuals who have had hair loss putting it on their scalp just for massaging it and have grown back their hair. I don't know if there's a Oh don't say way. that don't say that too loud. Don't <laughs> like, so, so say that. Um, buddy. I've had individuals who have uh, severe like uh, uterine issues even in turn, uh, insert it into the, the their vaginal area and have a massive reduction in pain when they're on opiates to try and combat the same pain. Mm. So like it's it's honestly I the stuff is pretty interesting. It's cool to have people who are trying to use it in different ways. Um, like everywhere from like people, uh, locticians to chiropractors to just uh, people who do massages, like everyone is just using it in weird ways I never imagined. Why well, I used.
0: can see a loctician using that because, that, you know, that's painful even, you know what I'm saying, and trying, it, it, trying it, it to lock helps somebody's, somebody's hair It blood out.
1: flow yeah. and it just makes, apparently it makes it like not hurt as much.
0: That's what's There's up, man. Yo, bro, I'm so proud of you, man. <laughs> like, I, like I'm hella proud of you. Like you, you're really on the cusp on the cusp of, of breaking through with some with some major I stuff. I try to
1: be. I just I wanted to make stuff for myself, and then I'm glad I can help other people. Really,
0: yeah. <laughs> how how important is it for you to actually turn a profit, though? You know, like we are we are we do live I, in a capitalist society. Let me be,
1: being honest with yeah. you, I'm like negative seventy-seven thousand this year.
0: You told me that also as well, and yeah, I like how bro. you proudly like, say I, that. It's like I, a badge I, of I, honor. It,
1: I. I do a lot of odd jobs. I help my friends fix up cars. I'll walk dogs and like all that money. I've, I've also worked at like restaurants and yeah. all the money that I've saved up from the age of like 14 or 15 that I've hidden from everyone, including my parents, I'm now funneling into my company. Um, we're almost, depleted, but at the same time, we're almost turning up like a legit profit this year. Yeah. Thankfully um, we're breaking even. So and I'm able to pay the people who last year I wasn't able to pay at all, and They're working for free because they care about, you know, the product. So I'm really happy that I've been able to start taking care of the people who helped me out so much. And, that I can just make a good, affordable product. In the long term, mm-hmm. my money's going to come from, again, textiles, thermoplastics, biofuels, maybe even licensing some of my ideas out to bigger companies. You know,
0: and I was going to say that, too. Have you ever? Have, is it is it out of your realm to think about taking your talents to another company or, like you say, licensing the knowledge you already have that you're learning from Georgia Tech to another company who clearly doesn't have so it? So I
1: really <laughs> – I tried doing it with mm-hmm. – um, this one company, and it just it didn't work. That was the initial co- – there was another CBD company in Atlanta, in Georgia um, that I was trying to work with. And that the, – there the, was a business major from UGA, and I forget what his other two partners were from. But the, 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 um, it just, just was not a good match. It ended up being that, like, I honestly feel like they he one individual took some of my ideas, ran with them, and then they ended up getting shut down, like, a year later, which was kind of funny. <laughs> um, and I mean funny in, in the ironic sense yeah. you know what I mean but yeah because I was almost not about to sign up for class because they were like oh we'll help you pay for a car we'll give you you know employment uh, Oh, many, we, they were like they were about to put me up as a second year you know what I mean yeah. um, and then I was like okay cool I got a co-op I'm excited I get to work for this company and then that fell through and mm. all these research opportunities popped up and then my professor really pushed me to start the company actually I've had my prof- multiple professors and at least one in, Adv- uh, college advisor at tech say you should just focus on the company for right now and then come back to school. And then uh, the prime example they give me is that uh, there's uh, Christopher Klaus who donated one of the largest uh, computer science buildings at tech. He never graduated. At least that's what I've been told. Yeah. <laughs> so that that gives me a little bit umph to hopefully get through with this.
0: Isn't that, you know, because you know, on, on a secret I've never graduated from Johnson C. Smith University. I'm literally three credits short I would love to be able to get. Exactly, I everybody, you, la- everybody cool. laughed I about you. that. I'm three credits short. I just felt like, why at this point, I'm literally working in journalism. Like, I don't even need this senior year. I said that. <laughs> nobody in my family agreed with that.
1: Oh, <laughs> no. it's taking a while to get my mom on board. Yeah, nobody
0: agreed with that. But I would love to go back to JCSU and, and build up a build up a building. And be like, yo, here, go to school. I didn't, but hey, you know, what I'm saying? it might work for you. It might work for you. Yeah, that's what's up, man. But I'm definitely proud of what you're doing. you you're, you Like I said, you're carving out a great niche, especially here in Georgia. Um, do you foresee Georgia growing? In well, it has to. You know, when it comes to CBD and, and help, Oh, oh, one hundred
1: percent. So um, we act. Um, well, it has I to, yeah. not so much actively. I try to when I can, but I can't use the word actively. But uh, Tay, she actively. Goes to the con to the meetings down of the Capitol building about the cannabis laws and what we're pushing to, mm-hmm. and hopefully by twenty twenty we're theoretically going to have some sort of pilot program. Yeah, that's been like the mumbo jumbo. I'm getting ready for that. I got seeds stored. I have a farm. I like um, north. It. My, I'm trying to keep <laughs> like there's. I'm definitely ready to plant when that becomes a hundred percent legal.
0: Are we going to see? I was going to say, are we going to see you? You know, dive into uh, the... Oh, THC. Yeah. I mean, so like
1: realistically. <laughs> There's two ways of doing it. Either you grow high quality indoor and you make it the cream of the crop and you charge a lot because it's worth that much and it's full organic and it's beautiful. Or you do a lot of outdoor. You cut it down and you extract it and at that point it doesn't matter how good or bad it grew as long as you purify the final extraction down correctly. So I would love – as of right now with the CBD and hemp and the way my farm is set up, we're definitely doing a lot of outdoor in that realm. We are also Mm. trying to set up to be doing a small amount, very, very small amount of CBD indoor and then we will also be moving into small amounts of THC indoor. Um, I, I kind of want to, I have a, one of the peak intricate members of our group is actually a horticulture major. Um, he's also uh, was in the military, and he fell down a six-story building, had some back issues. So he's really interested in cannabis and growing it. And um, he's been a great individual, and I just can't wait to be able to unleash him when it comes to just growing, because he's got a great mind. Look, I'm, I'm,
0: I can't believe I had a chance to have you on the show. I'm really honored to have this, because I'm, I feel like I'm listening to the future. You know, listening to the future. <laughs> Serious, like you're watching the future of Georgia. You know I mean? Like you said, by 2020, we should really start seeing a lot of different people from a lot of different areas Pulling up with these amazing ideas and actually have the capability to bring them to life. And yeah, you're one legislation of the legislations
1: is definitely what's holding us up. Yeah, right.
0: really, really. There's there's minds like yours sitting behind a wall right now with all these brilliant things that could really be bubbling up, and the only thing that's stopping you is there's <laughs> the a lady. Law. Like I was, I at was the,
1: afraid of going to jail. Look, I was at the <laughs>
0: state capitol recently, and um, it was it was a conversation about cannabis, and one of the um, newly eclectic state representatives mentioned. She had spoke to one of her colleagues who was a Republican. She she asked where she was going. She says, oh, "I'm going down da- downstairs. We're discussing cannabis." And she said, almost like threw up the sign to her, like, "No, like we're not talking about that." <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, "No, we in 2019, and we're really doing this." And I'm sitting here in at, at, at 140 Walker Street right now with a brilliant mind who has so many things he can use to help actual I have people. So many ideas, yeah, and it's like, and, and we're saying no to this. Like, I don't, mm, I don't get it, man.
1: Honestly, it's it's really it's I definitely agree with you in the sense that it's kind of interesting to see how some individuals have CLC canopies yeah, such yeah, a large taboo. Yeah, yeah. and I'm over here walking around literally everywhere holding a THC pen. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: what's up, man. That's what's up. Do you feel well, I mean Man, I just—I have so many more questions. I'm it's like, true. I don't know where to, where else to, how else to to, to keep this going. Like I, right now, I know that a lot of a lot of hemp is getting sourced out. You know, like we we having to get it from other places. I mean, you're getting across the, lot oh
1: China. Oh, yeah, China's a lot of people are getting, getting,
0: getting it from China. But your products are actually not. Your products are domestic, correct? Yes. Okay.
1: Um, in terms of U.S. soil. Yeah. Um, so I work again. I work with the geneticist um, Trey Willison. Um, he owns Eugenius, which is a THC. Um, Company, But he also grows hemp. And I forget what his hemp company is all the time. But um, he's a really, really brilliant geneticist. He's been very uh, gracious to us. He lets me go to his property, ask a million and one questions, lets me screw up some of his buds and help cut (laughs) stuff down and move things around. And then he helps me get some good hemp that he's had tested that he knows is going to be good for people that he genuinely cares about. Um, And he does a lot of great work. He's currently breeding a lot of amazing uh, CBD strains and CBD THC strains that hopefully get some good notoriety because he deserves it and he works really hard. Yeah, and again, he's brilliant. He is. I'm, I'm one of the again one. He's amazing. Like he's all like the way that I look. I view uh, Serge Lavoie um, and how he guided me through my initial algae research. And I view at Pete Ludavis and Dr. Kubanic. I look at Trey. Um, he's, he's like there's he's one of the four individuals that in this like. Holistic medicine, science, learning, have really been able to guide me through it. Bro, that's,
0: that's, that's amazing, man. I'm very proud of what you're doing. Um, when it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for when it comes to and, you know, I, I know you're very, it's very important for you to, to make sure that this gets in the hands of the right people as far as um, your products when it comes to medicinal usage. But what, what do you want to be remembered for the most? Or what do you want the company to be remembered for the most when it's all said and done?
1: So realistically yeah. I would love for us to never have a single recall um, on any, like everything we make is always perfect. And even above the standards that the government or somebody else sets for us. So I always want to meet and definitely meet meets not good enough. I always want to exceed those standards. Mm. So I always want to be able to say that we have stuff that exceeds this criteria for whatever it is in terms of cleanliness and purity and effectiveness. Um, and at the same time, I want to be highly affordable um, We actually, before my current prices were set, we were charging about a third of what we are now, retail-wise, and nobody would buy us. Um, Everyone thought that we were just snake oil, essentially. Yeah, cheap. (laughs) Exactly. But um, definitely with the way cannabis prices are dropping everywhere, both in metric and in the illegal market, um, there's definitely going to be some price drops in the future. And I think that's going to be a positive thing when it comes to a consumer who needs this kind of stuff in order to survive. I know multiple individuals who had literally death sentences from doctors less than two years ago and are now working 40 plus hours a week, running around helping me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's it's amazing.
0: Well, I appreciate you coming through today. You're definitely a new look of you're the new look of stoners. You know what I mean? Like, like you're definitely not shaggy. You know what I mean? Like, like
1: oh, I still am. Don't worry. I had to find a good shirt today. Though, <laughs>
0: though, though I am nervous. When you told me about the work you were doing, I was like, I, I pictured Dave Chappelle running around and just trying to find bales of weed and shit, like, like a half bait <laughs> Like, I pictured that in my mind. Like, do you have a plug up in there and somebody's running up in there just taking all the weed and running out? Like, I'm, I'm rich, a big bitch.
1: dog, man. When I don't keep everything <laughs> in one place. <laughs>
0: Man, look, Franz, appreciate you coming through tonight. Thank you for having me. And that's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation. Bro, that was good.